Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Colleen, Colleen. Hey. I need your help. Oh, gosh. So we are writing nonstop offers. I don't know mm-hmm. how many offers we've written this quarter, but I would guess probably close to probably close to 40. Wow. Yeah. And it's nuts. Okay. So one thing that really is important is the difference between pre-qualified versus right. pre-approved. So mm-hmm. for people who don't understand the difference, break that right. down for us. Okay, sure. So the majority of the time when somebody has reached out to a lender, they've completed an application, there's been a credit poll and a conversation with a lender and they receive a letter that's a pre-qualification letter. So you are pre-qualified to buy a home based on certain conditions. Unfortunately, although pre-qualification is very fast, I mean, we're cranking them out on my, at my team within an hour, Wow. Um, yeah. So if we have a conversation with somebody, it's generally 30, 45 minutes and within about 15 minutes, we can crank out that letter um, as long as we you know, have enough information and such. But unfortunately, a prequalification uh, is, again, just based on a conversation. Uh, so nothing has been verified. So if, if you know, you're being sold by a client that they're going to be able to put a great big down payment and mom's going to give it to them. It's happened. Uh, yeah. It's only happened a couple of times, but yeah. it's happened. Yeah. And but maybe mom's not in the loop on that or maybe something happened different and and she's not going to be able to do that anymore or sometimes they just truly don't understand their own finances themselves right right um or you know, your income is, is maybe portrayed a little bit differently than, than what is actually real. Right. Uh, and, uh, so with a pre-qualification, nothing has been verified. Like we don't have, we don't have to, uh, they don't have to provide us with any documentation of any kind. Um, the only time that, that we do def- definitely get documentation from somebody is if they're self-employed. Um, we always calculate uh, self-employed income on tax returns before we go ahead and, and write a pre-qualification letter. But you know, the biggest thing about a pre-qualification letters, both the realtor and the buyer, they want them right now. Right. There's no and time. I am totally guilty of that too. I'm like, we have to get this offer in. I need a letter. I want to make this happen. Right. And we're just working to make it happen for our clients. Right. So, but okay. So then with the pre-approved, talk right. to me about that. Right. So with, again, with the pre-qualification, you know, the conversation has been with a lender, which unfortunately, and this is a total misconception, the lender's not actually making the decision on the file. So we set them up. We set up the file. When you call my my office and you talk to one of my um, loan partners, they're licensed loan officers, um, but they're not the actual decision makers. The underwriter is. And right. so, yeah. So an underwriter, um, once we have they're done a pre-qualification, yeah, soul crushers. We yeah. We, we, we protect them a lot. Nobody gets their phone number. My husband is an underwriter. He's like basically a commercial. Sure. Uh, so, but he's a soul crusher. <laughs> so, but you know, so, okay. So once you've done a pre-qualification, um, and, and we're wanting to get a pre-approval. What we call in my office is a true approval. We actually do that on the front side. Did you come up with that term? 
Um, well, uh, my my company actually okay, has that like term, that. I and like so it. it's definitely it's definitely the first time that that term has been used in our market. Yes. Okay. So far. keep going, and yes. then I want to hear what, how you're doing it when you're done explaining. Because sure. What you're doing is revolutionary. You are making deals happen for buyers that would not have happened, right. and it's giving the selling agent so much confidence. Okay. So keep going. Thank you. Approved, and then okay. Let's get so to yeah, it. we'll we'll keep the basics, and then we'll get down into the meat. Okay. So a pre-approval means that the uh, everything in the file has been verified. We know how, exactly how much money they make. We know exactly how much money they have in the bank. We know where the down payment's coming from. We've dealt with any credit issues. But the biggest part is that the whole file has been reviewed by an underwriter, and the underwriter has come back with a preliminary approval based on a stack of conditions. So by the decision maker, we have a preliminary approval. So how long, so you can get a prequal done in about an hour. How sure. long does it take you to have what do you mm-hmm. call the true approval or a the pre-approved? Approval. Sure. How long does that take? Well, okay. So what we are doing is we're doing a true approval on the front side before they ever actually get under contract. So we're actually gathering a full set of documentation and verifying everything and going ahead and submitting that to underwriting. So that's taking about seven business days from the time that somebody that's gets not us. Bad. No, it's not bad. Seven business days from the time that somebody actually gets us their documentation. That's the important part. Right. Because here's the thing and people are, you know, people, there's some work involved in getting a true approval or getting to get it in pre-approved. You have to do some work. You're going to have to gather some documents. There's going to be some disclosure oh, sign. Man, I hate that part. I know. I my husband do that stuff. You got to oh, do, there's some work so involved, but it's, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, people will say, uh, you know, I don't want to do the work unless I know that I'm going to buy a house. Well, pumpkin. If you want to buy a house in this market, you have to do some work in order to get there. Um, and so that's what we've created. Um, is uh, So most of the time, like the 30 offers that you're talking about put being put on one house, you know, the majority of the time you have, you have three different categories. You have cash, yep. you have true approved, and then you have pre-qualified. And that's a huge distinction that we're not talking about in the market. And I think right. that's alone adding that third one or the second one that you said right, for right. true, uh, true approval, true approval. I love it. Right. Um, that is going to change our market to give the selling agent so much more confidence to know this is going to happen when right. I have a seller and we have those, the last one I had had 12 offers on it. Sure. If I knew that this is going to happen, it gives me confidence. So yeah, we can take that, yeah. uh, we don't have to take the cash offer. Right. So if you get, have someone who's getting financing for $15,000 more, but they are sure. actually approved and they are yeah. going to make it happen, right. I feel so much more confident for my sellers. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, so we're encouraging people to, before they actually put in an offer on a property, we're encouraging them to, number one, work with a lender that is going to give them a, a, an approval, a true approval or, or a pre-approval that's called by some lenders. And you have to make sure that what, what you're getting because uh, those terms, unfortunately, are being interchanged and they're not the same thing. So you need to ask more questions because when you do go to go make an offer on a property, like you're saying, is that, you know, if you have a true approval, you're going to beat out 99% of everybody else that's trying to put in an offer because they're all working with a pre-qualification letter and we all know how much weight that holds. And it's not very, pre-qualification letters don't hold a lot of weight. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You can get a friend. Everyone knows a lender, a friend of a lender. You can get a letter that it says, oh, I can make this happen. But if you have that guarantee or at least that much more of a guarantee to make things happen, 
oh, I'm pumped about that. That right. makes my job so much easier. Right. I'm not going to be calling you every two minutes. What's happening? What's happening? Right. How are we going to make it happen mm-hmm. down and, to the deadline? And even the letters that are written, um, they're, are, they're written completely differently. So on that true approval letter, it actually says, hey, this is different than a prequalification. These folks have right. actually been underwritten by the actual decision maker. And all we have to do now is add property specific information. So an appraisal, a clear title commitment, but we're not going to be wondering whether or not mom Mom's actually going to give that gift money. She's roped in. That's so huge. (laughs) And you're doing something that I haven't seen before too. Again, changing the market. So exciting. That's a, I love it that we can really be movers and shakers. You are calling your, you are calling the selling agents. So when I write an offer for one of my buyers and they are true approved, you're calling them and saying, Hey, let me walk you through this. Let me tell you what we've done. Let me show you how far along we are. So again, just the it's hard. Selling's hard. It buying's is. fun. Not in this market. Usually buying's the fun side. <laughs> uh, but selling, it's it's emotional. They're emotionally connected. They're like, they're worried whether it's going to happen right up to the sure, end. Sure. Absolutely. So I love this whole idea. I, I really think it's revolutionary. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. You and I were hired to create solutions. Right. We have buyers who are passionately wanting to purchase homes. And I don't know if you saw it, but I know a lot of people saw it, but there was a picture on a uh, posted oh. on Facebook. Yep. I, that, I posted it. Yeah. That was um, a picture of a gentleman that was standing on the street corner and he was wearing a cardboard, like um, sandwich board type thing. And it said, please heartbreaking. I mean, I just had goosebumps and it was just like, it ripped out my heart at the time because we are working with these buyers. We know these buyers and the sign said, please sell me your home. And he said, I have down payment. I've been a business owner here in Bozeman for 10 years. I have a family. Uh, my wife's pregnant again. You know, I have great credit. He has all the things and he just cannot get into this very competitive market. But so I was just like, you know, we just have to, we, I know we have this product. Nobody's utilizing it because right. here's the thing on the lender side of it. I've run the, you know, I run this branch and I know what it costs in order to implement these things. It costs money. It doubles my pipeline because, you know, now we're going to have to actually process the file. Um, we have to disclose it and we have to send it to underwriting. So it easily doubles my pipeline. So I'm paying people on files that may or may not go through. Right. That's actually so it's not completely altruistic then. You're, no. yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, if I can get this farther along, it really does make your job easier in the long end. Well, long it run. makes it it makes it easier. There's less work to be done once if the file does convert. But here's the thing. I don't get paid unless the loan closes. Exactly. So if our buyers aren't winning, then we're not getting paid. Right. So how can I help my buyers win? I love it. I want my buyers to get under contract. I want, when you send me a client of yours, I want to make sure that between us, that we can make sure the buyer is going to get under contract on a property that they want with the financing that they want and that we can all feel comfortable in doing it. So really, I feel like it's just lender laziness and not, and not actually making this happen. Oh, don't there's even get so me much, started. I mean, don't get me started with lender laziness or realtor laziness. There's so yeah. Many, yeah. There's so much of, of that in our industry where like, just because it's always been the status quo means that that's the way we're going to keep it forever and ever. And it's just not acceptable. We have to have to make changes and we have to be willing to take risks so that we can be better at our jobs and we can, and we can help support our clients as best we can. I think that's so awesome. I'm so pumped for you. Back to the guy in the cardboard cutout. Sure. He had a mask on, but what a cutie patootie. <laughs> oh man, if I wasn't married, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. And you know what the thing was, I brought it up to Jess, who's a loan officer in my office. And she's like, she, I said, did you see that? And she's and she like, her heart was just breaking. She's like, I feel like it's my client. I feel like everyone in Bozeman has seen that picture now. And they, 
so the problem with it, or I guess the beauty in that was so many people could relate. Yeah. So many people saw that and like, yeah, what the goddamn hell? This is right. so frustrating. I just want a house. I just and need a house so for my family. So that's where like, if you have the right lenders, if you have the right realtors, it really, it makes a difference. It really, right. truly does. I saw a post on um, Ask Bozeman, which is a Facebook group um, that was talking about, um, it was so it was somebody that worked in a hotel and they were asking other hotel workers, do, do you guys have families living in your hotel? Because we have oh. over 10 full families living in in hotel rooms because they cannot find housing i have chills all over my i body. know That's i crazy. know so you know what not my what were client some of the responses did you read through it um it, it was it was just initially posted and nobody yeah. had had a chance yet to jump in but i you know just in having conversations with other people i know that that's happening in other hotels um you know people want to be here or they're in a transition between houses and maybe somebody's financing fell through goodness gracious right. yeah um and but the rental market's even more insane right the rental market's even more competitive my parents have a guest house mm-hmm. above their garage. Like a sure. cute little, it's, it's above a studio. It's like a little bit better than a studio, but basically sure. a studio. They're renting it out for seventeen fifty a month. Right. seventeen fifty a month. Right. And I know people are going to be listening from different areas, but I don't care where you are. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for, for like a studio type thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and we should, I mean, and having some of these conversations, I mean, I, we'd love to just be all rainbows and unicorns, but our, our job here is to talk about what's real, to right. talk about, you know, talk about the real estate industry, to talk about our market. And this is what's happening. And it's again, your job, my job to come up with solutions to help make sure that our buyers aren't ending up in a hotel room. Exactly. Oh, 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 that was the yeah. pressure just felt. Oh, you're right. <laughs> no hotel <laughs> rooms work. for our clients. So, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So, I mean, this is what's making. We have to give tools. This is a tool that my team and I have created. It's called the True Approval. Um, it's one step behind cash, and um, we think it's absolutely killing it in this market. Um, we also are big believers in uh, in actually having lenders make phone calls to listing agents to sell the the financeability I of a buyer. I have never had another their lender do that. Oh, wow. I have, you're the first. Lender laziness. I, right. I mean, they'll call, of course, once we're under contract and sure. we're getting through the, the process of the deal, they'll, they'll make the phone calls and pick up the phone. But before we're even under contract. Right. Like, yeah, again, we don't make money unless we close homes. No. We Nothing happens unless we get under contract and we make it all the way to the finish line. Right, right. So, yeah, no, and if, you know, your seller's agent is trying to help guide the sellers and help pick through what looks like a whole lot of exactly the same offers, and really all they have to work with is who's going to pay the most amount of money, which, right. like we've talked about in the past, that's not the only uh, goal of sellers is is to make a bunch of money. And so, I mean, that's but, so true. But they all want the financing to go through. Right, exactly. Because if they don't get paid either, it, unless we actually close. And you are right. To go back to, it's not always just about the top dollar. It's right. truly not. We just wrote an offer yesterday. Um, it's going to be, it is going to be a cash offer. She's borrowing from her parents sure. to do it. And then she's going to do a cash out refi, which I do have a question about yeah, for you yeah, just yeah. a minute. Um, so she's going to just, so it's going to look like a cash offer. We're going to do a two week close. Right. The sellers are buying a house out of town and they can't close for a while. So we're giving them free rent back for 60 days after right. we close. Sure. Uh, we're doing an inspection, but it's go- we're buying it as is. So right. the inspections for informational purposes only. So people so, are doing a lot of releasing a exactly. lot of contingencies in this market that we so, would normally see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it really, so that my buyers are still protected if something crazy comes up. Sure. Uh, they can walk away. 
But those terms and having someone to think outside the box really right. makes a big difference. So I had my question for you. Sure. And I know um, things are changing a lot in the market, but so she's going to buy borrow basically from her parents. Her parents right. are paying it for cash. Does she still have to wait six months after no. she purchases? So wow. it has to be inside six months. It's called delayed financing. Okay. Talk to me about this. So, okay. So delayed financing is exactly that. Like, you know, you're on a super um, tight timeline or, um, if you know, like right now trying to be competitive, I'm coming in with cash. That's way different than having to have financing. Somebody saying, Hey, I'll give, I'll pay cash and for this property. Are still super oh my low. gosh. So people want to take advantage of it. Even if they have, the there cash. is no reason to use your own liquidity. Right. Uh, to purchase homes right now um, at all. Interest rates are so, so, so low right now. Um, they popped up a tiny bit and people were freaking out. Oh my out. gosh, I remember like, it's happening. Freaking out. The market's uh, ready to crash. Mid, we're at, um, you know, middle of the road threes right now. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean- It's still that's, historically it's low. It's historically low. It's a pheno they're phenomenal interest rates. So everybody can just calm down. Um, <laughs> okay, so back to go yeah. finish with the six months. So, oh, sure. Sorry. So what's that called again? Delayed financing. Delayed financing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, so they can pay cash and literally we just come in with a refinance Great. right behind it. And, um, and are can you still reimburse. crushing it like you are mm -hmm. normal refis and closing, like you can still get them done pretty quickly? Oh yeah. Super fast. Um, so, you know, in so some lenders have actually separated refinances from purchases and to keep purchase timelines, um, turn times to get them through underwriting uh, super short, just trying to, you know, be respect closing timeframes and all of that. But they, so they've put refinances on the back burner. But unfortunately, like a lot of, they, they didn't go and hire underwriters in order to catch all that volume. Right. So the refinance turn time had turned with, oh. with other lenders, not us, not you, um, had turned to like months. I had a client ridiculous. had a six months and yeah. they had all their paperwork ready. It was not on them. It was. Yeah. And of there course, no it was an out-of-state lender. Everyone, yeah. no matter where you are, use local lenders. Yeah. Well, in it, you know, here's the thing. Like, a nationwide, everyone was short on underwriters. Right. But if you don't work with uh, a lender that has the support behind them to make sure that we need to hire more underwriters. Um, you know, hometown went and, and, um, in fact the president, this blew my mind. And part of the reason why I moved to hometown was the president of the company saw that there was a, a need for underwriters. So instead of pointing the finger at everybody else, thinking somebody else should, should solve the problem. He went to the lake house, wherever that is, whatever. Um, <laughs> and he sat there and for four days did nothing but make cold calls to underwriters. And wow. he did not go home until he had hired sufficient underwriters to fix the underwriting problem. Okay. I love that. Oh my gosh. Don't like, just talk about a problem. No, handle it. I'm the it. same way. Yeah. Was he wasn't like, too cool. Right. But exactly. I am not too cool. Too no. Too cool to make cold calls. I no. make cold calls. It is a part of my life almost every day. Even mm -hmm. if I make three, yeah. I do some cold calling every day. I kept hearing every single agent I've ran into just complaining about the market. We don't have enough sellers. So what right. did I do? I same thing. Four days of cold calls. Cold I sat calls. in my office. I yeah. just put my feet up, got some coffee, right. rocked the caffeine, right. and I just got on the phone. Right. And I have only once been someone mad that I called them. Like, what are you doing calling me? Sure. Whatever. Maybe it's a female voice that helps. I don't know. Or yeah. maybe it's partly that my name's gotten out there and I say my name as soon as sure. I get on the phone. But most people, my name. even, yeah, <laughs> my name, <laughs> but they, they're excited. They want to hear what's happening in the market. Right. I ask them questions and don't just complain about a situation. Deal with it. Right. Compl maybe complain for a minute, but Absolutely. then get on, get on your horse and work. And you know, here's the thing, like 
something that's super, super important when you, you know, you're, you're doing well in business and, you know, like we all start out, there's like, there's like the one year group, like, you know, there's a whole lot of people in the one year group and the fallout is horrible. Right. The competition is vicious, vicious, nasty. And, um, but as you know, you hit the five year group and, you know, the competition gets to be a little bit less, less people are actually in that boat. Um, and people tend to get a little bit more supportive, but you know, really when you start getting into that 10, 20 year group of, uh, in, in business, that's when you really start being having comrades and people that oh, want to be supportive that. and there's not so a I lot of competition. Hit, I just hit 12 and I definitely yeah. feel that. I feel like suddenly I'm getting the different type of an acceptance within my peers. Yeah. And I, but I started crushing it fast. So they wanted to hit me down a little bit. Right. No, they're nasty. Like and if you're yeah. like the one year, the one year to five year group, like your competition can be nasty. Right. They'll rip you apart. But something that's so important to learn is like, even as you're, after you're doing really, really well, you know, you're a leader, you're making a lot of money. You got like, you know, you, you got the cat's pajamas going on with your business, but if you're not humble, uh, you great. will be taken uh, down. Great. You got to work harder. I have to work harder now than I ever had to do before. It's I a different kind of work. It, it, the work is easier. I'm putting in more hours. It does come more natural just because sure. you have done the hours. You know, what is it? The 10,000 hours to become right, right, right. Yeah, an expert. But you are right. I am working harder now. I'm putting more into my clients, not less. Right. I'll tell you what. It's just if you are not consistently expecting that you're going to have to be humble, you're going to have to come at this as like, I've got so much more to learn from all the people that are in like the 20-year group. Right. Like you will fall down and, and you, have you will have, have nothing left. Yes, you have to have a sense of humor about yourself because sure. we are going to make mistakes and we put ourselves out there so much. Our so faces much. are everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, I always say like, oh, my poor ex-boyfriends <laughs> in town, they might think, Jesus, I can't get away from Alicia Rats. He's everywhere. But we have to have humility about ourselves. And the humbleness is so true. We're in a relationship business. Right. That's it. All That's all it comes down to. Yeah, it's about homes and it's about financing. But it's about the relationships. And that's what's the fun, exciting part of it. So you can't be an asshole. No, you can't be an asshole. But I'll tell you what. There is a level of being an asshole, though, because that's important. Because you can be too humble. You can be too humble. You can be too humble to make a move. You can be too humble right. to not fluff, fluff yourself up a little bit. Right. You have to sell yourself. You got it. You got to be confident. So, you know, and you know, there are days, you know, when, when the confidence is literally put on like, like, you know, like your war paint makeup. I always think it's like, you know, putting your war paint on um, when you put your face on in the morning. And I feel like, you know, some days we're not ready to be confident. Some no. days we're not, you know, well, I don't have it all I'm together. Feeling, sometimes I'm feeling small. Sometimes right. I'm like, and that imposter syndrome sneaks in oh God. and you're yeah. like, Oh, I don't, you just feel like you don't know what you're doing. There's been moments where I'll be on the phone with somebody and I get off phone. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. What right. am I doing? How am I doing but this? Then, you know, slap yourself across the face. You wake up a little bit and you're like, no, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've sold probably a thousand homes by now. Right. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing and I'm responsible for other people. And, you know, so yeah, like you got to be confident, but you got to counterbalance that with humility, be willing to learn from people that are, Hey, they're better right. than you. And yeah. taking the moments when you don't know and taking mm -hmm. the moments when you do feel small, it's okay to own it and feel it yeah. and, and be in the moment for a minute, but then step up. Yeah. yeah step up. And you know, I, I mean, I know we're kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole and we'll circle, circle back and wrap it up here pretty quickly. Um, but I think it's so important that even as you continue to be a leader and surge in business, that you continue to get coaching from somebody and you continue to always, always be learning. Um, I, and my family makes fun of me because I'm constantly reading self-help books, uh, listening to self-help, um, uh, podcasts. Like, like I have a dirty, uh, dirty pleasure of, of, of listening well, let's, to let's self-help. 
self-help. Uh, <laughs> listening to and learning about self-help, but I just feel like, like we should always, always be learning and growing. And just because you've attained, you know, a, a heightened level of success, that means you got to hustle more and right. learn more because you find out the, the higher you go, the more successful you are, just how little you actually and know. How much more you're capable of. Yeah. I had a couple of years ago before I did have a big team and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so much work. I put so much time and energy into it. But at the end of the year, I was like, you know, I'm capable of more. Yeah. Last year, the same way. Yeah. Record-breaking year. I had a fantastic time, but look back at the end of the year and like, yeah, I can still do more. So I think the growing too is, that's fun. That's being a human being. You know, and I think we can wrap up with this and just saying that, Remember the days when you were on your hands and knees praying for exactly what you have right now. I saw that the other day and it uh, gave me chills. It I felt it all the way down my spine. I, Me too. Me too. And so I, I mean, I totally heard it on somebody else's podcast or read in a book. But, you know, it's. I think all those things can be rewashed and reused. Um, but that's just so true. I mean, we forget to look behind us and forget to be grateful for all the distance that we've made. And, and so, you know, making sure you take a minute. I'm the biggest, I'm so guilty at being like next, 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 and, and, and not taking a minute to go, Oh, Hey, this spot right here is really, really fantastic. It feels nice and warm here. It does feel nice and warm here. Very grateful. All right. So to wrap it up, uh, give us the quick boilerplate. Yeah. Yeah. Elevator pitch real quick pre-qualified versus pre-approved. Um, make sure you're working with a lender who's going to take your credit file before you're under contract on a, on a property. So before you go and make an offer, make sure that your lender is going to take the time to send you through underwriting so that you can have the strongest position in a very difficult market. And it's not just here as all other market, lots of other markets too have just as much competition. Um, and make sure you're working with somebody who's going to take the time and have the expense to get you all the way through underwriting so that all you have to do is add property. I love it. I love it. All right. I'll see you next week. Sounds great. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate. 